Welcome to Athletes to Entrepreneurs, the Alumni Journey. I'm Rob Finkelstein, founder and CEO of Alumni Direct. We've created a platform to help alumni to network and connect through their various affinity groups, whether it's college communities, whether it's business alumni, fraternities, sororities, and sports. We've created this platform to help everyone out. And this show uh, is specifically geared to um, teaching and inspiring athletes that there is life after sports. We interview former collegiate professional athletes and talk about their journey to entrepreneurship and other areas of business. And we're so excited today to have Eileen Shanahan on. How are you doing today, Eileen? Doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're welcome. It's it's my pleasure. So uh, Eileen was um, did different sports growing up, and she'll share with us, but she was a softball player uh, at New York Tech and in, in a community school before that. And then she once she graduated, she got into uh, radio and television production. And then ultimately, she's the founder and CEO of the Warrior Ranch, which is a, a phenomenal project, which I can't wait to talk more about and have her share that. So uh, what I always talk about is I ask kind of growing up playing sports, talk about how that shaped your early years leading up to college. Well, I grew up in Queens, um, so did a lot of stickball, stoop ball, stickball and uh, basketball. And, you know, the didn't know what a, a real live basketball court was because we played in the playground all the time. So the first time I remember playing in a basketball court that had a net on it was like amazing. You know, um, we played a lot of softball again. We played on the cement because, uh, again, growing up in Queens, there weren't that many grass fields. And I'll never forget first time playing on a grass field. It was like I couldn't wait to slide into the bases, you know, so that was always <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, but I played, uh, you know, I grew up in the, you know, 70s, you know, I was born in the 60s, played in the late 60s, 70s, uh, you know, and uh, I was one of the fewest few girls that played sports. You know, the girls sports was not big at all when I was growing up, but I played all the, you know, in the town, stickball, basketball. Then I got into high school. I played some volleyball, competitive volleyball, and then I got into college and I played soccer and softball. Soccer I played throughout my whole life, too. Those are the main sports I played. And, and how do you like um, talk a little about um, how that kind of shaped you maybe from like a skills perspective or, or you know, because we always talk about athletes and some of the different sure. attributes that they have. Sure. So playing all those sports, one, you become disciplined for sure. You know, you have to show up to practice every day, you know, and we always I was always taught the Vince Lombardi rule. You show up 15 minutes early. If you're on time, you're late. You know, so I was always there 15 minutes early and you stayed late. So that was one big thing that's always helped me my entire life, because even to this day, when I show up to work, I'm 15 minutes. I'm not comfortable unless I'm there 15 <laughs> minutes early, you know, and um, so. Uh, and just skill like you learn uh, your physical, your physically, you become physically fit. And when you're physically fit, that helps you up here. Yeah, you know, and because uh, you feel good about yourself. And because uh, I know when you're off season, you stop running, you know, you just you start to get lazy. But then when you see the new season starts and you start getting into shape, you feel good. It's a lot of it is discipline, sacrifice. You have to sacrifice a lot. You know, you can't always go out with all your friends because you have yeah. practices, you know, and then you have games. And, you know, when everyone is going on vacation over Christmas break or the February break, you can't go because you have practice. You know, you have to, you know, especially in college, it was like that's spring training time. You know, it's like you you cannot do everything that all your friends are doing because you're committed to a team. And that's the other thing. I learned about commitment. Yeah. Once you commit, you're committed. You know, you don't you don't bail. 
You know, you yeah. have a team, you're part of a team, and that's the other thing. Teamwork. You yeah. can't win a game by yourself. Right. You know, you have to have, you know, basketball, you got four other people on the court. Volleyball, there's five other people. You know, softball, there's eight other people on the field, you know. So besides yourself, I'm not, right. you know, you know how many people feel the thing there. It sounds like I'm one short, but <laughs> I was including myself as other than me. So yeah. but you learn a lot about teamwork and then camaraderie. You, you develop friendships and relationships. And if you don't like somebody, let's say you got somebody in the team you don't like, but they're a great player you still learn to play together. You know, yeah. you still learn to work together as a team because the ultimate goal is to win. You know, yeah. you want to win, you know? And um, so that, that was, that's helped me throughout my entire life. Yeah, no, and that's, you know, talking to a lot of people. I mean, you talk about even when, you know, these companies are looking to hire employees and they're looking at that athlete skill set that we just discussed. I mean, that, that's big. So did you ever dream about being a professional athlete? Yeah, actually I did, you know, um, I more so I wanted to go in the Olympics because my mom was a, a, a track athlete and um, and her dream was to be in the Olympics. And she was a phenomenal runner. She was a, an incredible track star. And but unfortunately, her dad, she was training for the Olympics, but her dad passed and then she had to go to work. She, again, had to give that up. Yeah. And um, but yeah, so and we watched the Olympics. We watched I knew all the Mets stats and, you know, we watched all the Mets games, Yankee games, personally, more of a Mets fan. And uh, but. Yeah, I dreamed of it. I absolutely dreamed of running in the Olympics or doing something in the Olympics. But then as I played other sports, I didn't particularly like track so much. I mean, I ran, but never really liked running. I'd rather run to kick a soccer ball or run to put basketball in the hoop or play softball. Softball turned out to be where my, uh, I was very talented. And I was I was actually, not to sound conceited, but I was pretty good. I was really good at softball. And um, I, I would have loved to have played softball in the Olympics, but I was just behind when that started to come in for women uh, that happened a few years after my college days. And uh, I think they were just starting with semi-pro when I was in college. And, um, but I had a career that I was going to, and I, and it just wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, if I went, you have to give up too much. And I had a career path already with my major in college and television and radio. And uh, so, yeah, I dreamed of it, but it really wasn't a reality. Yeah, I think for me too. I always joke around about this. Uh, so everybody's watches, you'll hear the same answer. But I, I wanted to be a major league baseball player. Unfortunately, I didn't have the talent. Here I am <laughs> doing this. Yeah. But, uh, so um, let's talk about. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's talk about um, college. And so uh, when you're in college, playing sports is a lot of demands. And I mean, probably you know, depending on the sport, and even now, probably even more so. But what kinds of things did they do? Anything at your school to kind of prepare you? Uh, for life after sports, so to speak, of just, you know, maybe whether it was uh, people coming back, talking about careers, things like that? Um, I can't really say that they did. I think it was different. Like, again, I was in college in the late in the mid 80s. And again, for female athletes, the thought of uh, the going professional or right. things like that was really quite limited. Um, so it was who I, I mean, I was a ball player. That's how yeah. I define myself. There's no doubt about it. I define myself as an athlete and, but I knew I had to have another career. Right. And most, um, a lot of people in the athletic world, they went into either physical education or they went in somewhere in the sports world. I personally went in the media world. Um, but there wasn't like what prepared me was 
all the training that I did and all the discipline, like I said, right. the discipline and the sacrifice, that's what trained me. But they didn't really have people come and talk to us about life after being an athlete. Um, I, I can't say they really did too much of that. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's something that's probably a little more prevalent today, but still a lot more need for. I mean, like one of the things we've talked about as a company is to be able to kind of create a SWAT team approach, so to speak, and work with other organizations that are in mental health and financial literacy, transition coaches and, and all that to to help you know develop curriculum to expand what colleges might be doing and to you know give them whether it's their current athletes or even their alumni athletes as well and trying trying to help them out. I do think it's important because I mean I won't forget that feeling when all of a sudden my sports career was over in college. It was all of a sudden it was you almost grieve it. You know, because it's a loss, you know, because that's like that. That's who I was. You know, uh, I was what I graduated 22. I forget how old I was or 20, whatever. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it was, was, you know, so for a long time, you're playing sports and you have all these friends and then all of a sudden it's gone and it's done. And it's like, well, now what do I do? You know, I knew I had a job and all that, but it's what do I but I'm an athlete. What do I do? And uh you know, but I ended up fulfilling the time. You end up like finding, you know, local bar leagues to fulfill the time. But it just, it, that's not the same, you know, it, right. it, it wasn't the same. We still had fun, but it wasn't, it definitely wasn't the same. Yeah, I, I think that's the key because a lot of times you'll talk to some of these athletes and you hit it on the spot is that you, you remember yourself, okay, I'm that athlete. I'm the baseball player, the softball player, the basketball player, not the person that has, you know, yeah, m- right. m- many years ahead of you. So, um, one of the other areas that we talk about a lot too is um is alumni engagement and mm-hmm. um again back when you were there maybe not i don't know if this is much but was there alumni coming back to the school uh and kind of talking to the athletes um not just if not coming just for like say a golf tournament or things like that but more interacting and maybe talking about life and jobs and things like that well, we would have uh, an alumni game, and that's when we saw a lot of the alumni. Once in a while, we'd have somebody come to they'd come to the games and say hello and things like that. Um, I, I got to be honest, I don't recall a lot of them talking about life going forward. Um, but we did have some visits, you know, when some games we we would have an alumni game play against us, and uh, that was always fun because you know uh, we would always obviously try and they were the great ball players way back when and we're yeah. like, well, we beat you guys. And, um, you know, uh, now I laugh because if I went back and played an alumni game, I don't know, bones hurt. Now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, it would hurt too much, you know, but, uh, that's when we talked to the alumni and we chatted with them and, and some of them were successful and, you know, um, but I, 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 yeah, like I said, I think it's different for the female athlete, at least back then. I think right. today is different, but back then it wasn't, uh, you know, we would just, even then it was, we would just like today, all women look at careers and, and they're, that's the first thing they think of. Right. When I was going to college, it could have gone either way. Am I going to get married and have a family or am I going to go for a career? Or if I'm going right. for a career, it could be, that's, that's the way it was then. It is, it is different today. Right. It didn't sure. change. We were in the transition. Like, look, we didn't have, you know, when I was in grammar school, we didn't have uniforms like they had, we all you had the little beanie things that you put over your head and, yeah. and they you didn't get to keep them or wear or bring them home and wash them. You had to take them off at the end of the thing, you know, so it was definitely different. And um, uh, like I said, I'm so glad the advancement in in, in female sports today, um, 
uh, you know, because by the time I got to college, we actually had uniforms and stuff. I don't want to uh, say that's like, that's college, New, York Tech, New York Tech was great. We had a great coach, Sue Bailey. She was fantastic. And uh, we had a lot of fun at Tech. And, um, you know, they don't they don't. And that's the sad thing part now. New York Tech doesn't even have the ball, the athletic team anymore. So it's really kind of as an alumni of New York Tech. That's kind of a bummer to see. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine. Yeah, that, that's got to be rough. Uh, so um, one of the things, um, and I mentioned a little before, is, is we talk a little bit about name, image, likeness, NIL. And, uh, you know, I want to get your thoughts uh, on that. And this, there's positives and negatives to it. So, you know, share, you know, either way or both. Sure. I mean, I understand. I got to be honest. It's um, I don't like it so much because I think it takes away from the college athlete. Um it's because it's a collegiate sport. It's just like letting professionals into the Olympics. I don't think you should do that. There's, it's an amateur sport and I think it's a distraction for the athlete. On the other hand, I understand because the college is making so much money off the athlete. So I understand it, but I got to say, personally, I don't care for it. I don't think it should happen because I think it's distracting and I think it could distract from the teammates too. Like if I'm making like, Hey, let's say they're using my image and Hey, look what, you know, I got all this money. I'm you're 18 years old, 19 years old. What are you going to do with all that money? You know, does anybody teach you how to be financially responsible? You know what I mean? It's, it's you just see too many um, crashes. You know what I mean? You, you, you just, it, I'd be concerned about that. I, I get it in one hand, but if I were to vote for it, I wouldn't vote for it. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I see what you're saying. And I, I you know, I see both sides. Like you said, I, I think it's, it certainly helps the athletes, you know, getting, you know, getting money where they might not and where other students can be working jobs where athletes may not necessarily be doing it. Um, but the flip side is, like you said, I think you've got, you know, potential distractions. The other thing, too, and you, you've talked about it, uh, is is the financial literacy piece of it. And, and I think that's I always say it's really not only for the the athlete, but it's young people in general. I mean, they just don't understand like, hey, you got this windfall of money. You do have to pay taxes. You know, if you if you're fortunate to make a lot of money, then you know there's other areas and ways to invest it. So I, I think it's something that the more people I talk to, it's it can be really good, but there's there's things definitely that need to happen, like education wise and all that with it. Right, and I also think people forget you are getting paid. I got I got a full athletic scholarship to New York Tech. I right. got an education. You are getting paid. You know, yeah. maybe the actual physical dollars and, and, you know, some of them will get paid for room and board. I mean, and the books, you know, things like that. I mean, I, everyone's a little bit different in that way. If you right. want to help the athlete in that sense, because you can't forget about the education. And right. I think that gets forgotten about. And especially if you're getting paid as a college athlete, you can like, well, I'm getting paid. I don't need the education. But then what happens if you get hurt and now you're out of college, then what, then what are you going to do? Or yeah. what if you don't make it to the pros, then what are you going to do? You know right. what I mean? So people kind of forget about the education. In my opinion, you're getting paid if you, because most of the, generally speaking, I believe you're referring to athletes who are on scholarships, you know, and because if, if they're going to have the, you know, uh, the NIL, they're probably on a scholarship. Most my, likely. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're getting, you are getting paid if you think of it that way. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, and again, it's, it's one of these, uh, topics that you can go a long time yeah. talking about. There's, there's a lot going on with it. so um let's kind of um fast forward now so we we touched on a little bit before but you know transitioning out of sports and like you said you you know got into other areas to play but let's talk about um you know your transition out of sports and maybe some advice that you give to uh, other athletes 
whether it's coming out of a collegiate career or even a professional career? I would, um, if someone's in a collegiate career now, especially um, on the, whether it's male or female, I would give this advice too. But even because a female athlete as well, because there are more opportunities for them today. Um, remember who you are, be an individual. Don't, you know, you are a ball player, but make sure you have a backup. You have to have a backup because if you get hurt, you know, then you don't play. You know what I mean? I would definitely have a backup. Um, that's the main thing. Like that's, you know, when I went, I did have my backup plan. I mean, I, I had my, I knew where I was going. Um, you are an individual, like don't let it, it defines you to a point, but don't let it totally define you. And, uh, and get the education. Don't forget about the education. Yeah. Don't think, and don't just get our team had, we had an average of 3.2 on my, on my uh, softball team. We had a 3.2 Q. That's like remarkable. Um, a lot of athletes, you know, don't necessarily take the education. You know what I mean? Right. That education is as important. Don't forget about that. Cause you will, you will need that. You will need that. So definitely take on the education, but also remember, this is the biggest thing. Remember what you learn in sports, because it will help you the rest of your life. And that is the dedication, the discipline, the commitment, the sacrifice, everything you learn on the field. I use in my day-to-day -day life right now. And, and you will. Yeah, no, that's great. And I, you know, I think we talked about a little bit before, maybe before on this, uh, the show, but just I think a lot of the athletes and kind of the common theme when I'm talking to people from the sh on the show here is that what you just said. I mean, there's a certain skill set. Everybody has a skill set, but from an athlete perspective, like you said, the, the the practice, the commitment, the leadership, these are all skills that people can take uh, wherever they go, whatever type of occupation, but like getting into entrepreneurship or business leadership. I mean, these are key skills that they need to utilize. And, and like you said, I think uh, moving away from that whole, you know, I'm Eileen, the softball player, like, you know, it's just, you're an individual who's got a, a great life ahead of you. And there's a lot of other things that you, that you need to look at. So um, but, well, I just, I just want to talk sure. one second. Yeah. What you can also do like when you're taking away, when you're doing your resume, right. When you're right yeah. out of college and you're doing the resume, you really don't have a lot right. on there, but being a member of a team, you have a lot of skill sets, whether you realize it or not, you know, you have those leadership skill sets. You, you are a team player. Like that is, that was huge. I used to say that in the interviews, well, I'm a team player, you know, I, you know, and that is very important. Um, don't forget to put that on your resume that you yeah. played collegiate sports. I mean, and, and explain, you know, that, you know, just, you know, embellish it you know what i mean it's like you know to let them know like don't lie but like tell them you are oh, a team yeah. or things like that you're a hard worker and you you know, get there on time like that those are all the things those are qualities that employers look for you know it's you know you want somebody to be there on time you want somebody to be a hard worker you want someone who knows how to schedule or you know as a team player so yeah and discipline so yeah no that that's that's great advice uh for sure. So, and, and then one other area we, we always like to cover and kind of, I mean, it's what's behind Alumni Direct, but um, talk a little bit about networking, connecting, and, and I'll kind of frame it up. A lot of times, um, you know, I've talked to some coaches and agents and they feel like from an athlete perspective that the best time to network and connect is when you're still playing, but maybe talk a little about your thoughts on that and kind of the importance of, of, of uh, you know, going into that in your future life. 
Sure, sure. Um, yes, networking is definitely important. Um, I have to say personally, um, deep down, I am a shy person, so it's not like the easiest thing for me to do, but you learn it. You you start to learn it and it becomes another skill set that you learn. Don't be shy, get out there, but you def- it's very important to network especially if you're on a ball team, because everybody helps everybody. You yeah. know, if I see someone went to New York Tech, well, you know what? I'm going to look at that. Uh, if that resume comes across my desk, I'm going to look at that, you know, or if I uh, just someone, you know, even with my high school, if I see someone who went to my high school, yeah. I'm going to look at that, you know, it's and it's very important because your alumni helps and we all like to help each other. At least that's what I have found. Right. Um, I think it's very important to network especially, you know, in your, with your college and, and stay in touch with your teammates. You know, I do wish I stayed in touch with them because initially, you know, I was going to say right out of college, I, I was finding my way and, right. and, uh, and I've recently reconnected with my college and uh, it's been great, you know, and um, you know, they've come and helped me support what I'm doing right now. And, uh, but yeah, it's definitely important. It's sometimes, like I said, it might be uneasy starting conversations, but you learn to start conversations, you know, I mean, especially if you're, networking with your alumni easiest thing you talk about is the college yeah you know? you know it's like you know when you say when you walk with somebody in the street and you don't know what to talk about just say hey you know oh, nice day you talk about the weather but then you start talking about other things you know and it's easy when you're dealing with alumni you know because you can like i said talk about the glory days <laughs> oh yeah that's that's a step up and i talk about that all the time i mean i know for me uh, being in South Florida and going to University of Delaware, when I meet a Delaware alumni, it's like, hey, you know, your first thought is, hey, we went to the same school, common ground. What, what can I do to help you? Which is a uh, which is real important. So, um, once you um once you graduated, uh, just talk a little bit about your journey of you know being in the in the world of uh, media, the radio and television. Then we'll ultimately finish up with what you're doing. Sure, sure. Uh, but I do just want to touch base on one other thing because when yeah. you start networking, you never know who you know until you start talking to people. And that's, again, I've found out in like the last 10, 10 or so years, you never know who you know. And then you talk, I talk to you, you talk to so-and-so, and then before you know it, you got all these people helping you out. Yeah, so. and not, not only that, it's like I always tell people too, it's not, and kind of the same thing what you just said, like sometimes it's not the person that you're talking to, but it's who they know. And so, right. you know, you just never, you never know. It's just, you know, be willing to help others if you have that giving the giving exactly. perspective, that's the best way to network. Exactly. Well, after college, um, I had uh, worked, I had done some internships. I interned at ABC Radio. I ended up getting a summertime job while I was in college at ABC Radio. And that was wild. That was WABC Radio. It was, uh, you know, talk radio station. And I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll never forget when I walked into that building, you know, on 54th and 6th. And there's the ABC sign out there. And I just remember being so proud. I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm walking into ABC, you know, and it was just neat. And I, you know, it was, it was a summertime job, but it was great. And then I ended up going into television. I ended up going to channel 11 and uh, it was WPIX. And, uh, and again, I started out doing simple things like teleprompter and then the studio camera. And then they gave me a shot at editing. And um, so you're editing the news. So like when the news is on, you see all the footage, that's what I put together. And and that happened to be my forte. And that's where I started to excel. And then uh, again, a lot of times they, these were just temp jobs. They were six months at a time because right. it was all unions and you just whatever. So I ended up, then I ended up at Cablevision. And, and that's where I spent 20, a lot of my career was at Cablevision. 
And, and again, I did a lot of different things there. I did camera, I did editing, I started producing, I did some on air stuff, and then I went into management. So I went through the whole circuit of um, jobs there. I had a great career. The Mr. Dolan, Mr. Charles Dolan was a great man. You know, I, I always, you know, had a great career there. I really did. And, um, and then that company got taken over and, um, um, you, then, then I ended up doing what I'm doing now is, was, is, uh, which is the warrior ranch foundation. Um, but I do want to say everything I've learned in athletics, I took through, um, in what I did in my work. And I just want to say when I went into management, this things I learned in sports helped there again, it's like teamwork and getting the team together. And I always just have those slogans up, like, you know, you know, those, those posters that say team and leadership and things like that. I always had that stuff up. So, but, um, that, um, when Cablevision got bought out, I then took that opportunity, a dream that I had, I, I love animals and, um, so especially horses and dogs and I rescue horses and dogs. And after, um, uh, it took the buyout. It was a, I got a severance package at Cablevision. I took that opportunity to follow my dream and I began Warrior Ranch Foundation. And um, it's been quite a journey. Um, and I started it because uh, my father was a Marine, uh, brother was in the Navy. I have nephews in the Marines in the Army. I have firefighter, police, nurses. We have nothing but we have a lot of military and uh, first responders in my family. Um, and always, always brought up to respect veterans and first responders. Always thank, you know, a police officer when you see them and a firefighter. Thank a veteran for their service when you see them. And it's just who we were when I was growing up. We were a family of service. We always volunteered. You know, I volunteered to coach CYO. You know, I volunteer at the church. I volunteer at the animal shelter. We volunteer everything. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, um, my father was part of the Marine Corps Scholarship Foundation, which began in 1962. He was there in the beginning when that started. And um, as it went on, I started to help him behind the scenes with what he did. And then when my dad passed, the committee asked me to stay on. I believe I was the first civilian on that committee. The Marine Corps Scholarship um, Foundation, they educate, um, they help Marines by educating their children. They honor Marines by educating their children. So they raise money for scholarships. Uh, and it started with one Marine and his son back in 1962. Now, I'll tell you that for a reason. Um, so I've been part of the Marine Corps Scholarship Foundation for over 20 years, too. I still help put on there um, the New York Leatherneck Ball. But I would say about 15, at least 15 years ago, if not longer, I started dreaming about, you know, how I can combine my love of my country, my passion for animals and my skill set in television production. How can I combine all that together? And I just um, wanted to do something to help. And horses, we, my husband and I rescue horses, and they, we've learned how healing that they are. Horses are extraordinarily healing. And horses also are healing, especially with veterans who come out of the service, uh, because Horses mirror our emotions, okay? So they, they mirror us. And uh, so whatever emotions we're feeling, um, they will replicate it. And so you start to become self-aware. Um, but I'll tell you about that more in a second because what I don't want to lose my thought here. What happened was I really wanted to do this thing called Warrior Ranch Foundation. And to me, it was like a lottery dream. 
I was like, I'm never going to be, be able to afford to do this. This is crazy. You know, and my sister had said to me, my sister Maureen had said, I mean, do what you can with what you have. And then it dawned on me, this is back in 2014. I said, the Marine Corps Scholarship Foundation, they started with one Marine and one son. And today they give 30,000 scholarships out every, or 3,000 scholarships out every year. And That's they initially started with one, you know? So I was like, why don't I just start with one soldier and one horse? And then, you know, um, I'm a faithful person and everything aligned. There was this great trainer. Then there was an army veteran who had called who wanted to learn about horsemanship. He suffered from PTSD. He was courageous enough to let me follow him around for a week and interview him. And this trainer donated his time. And I filmed the transition. Oh, and there was also with a rescue horse. And I filmed the trainer training the horse and the veteran watching it and then the veteran learning it and then made a documentary about it. So that's how I tied in my media skill sets. And then I made a five minute promo, went around to like every body I knew to say, hey, this is what I want to do. And I finally got a hold of Suffolk County Executive Steve Ballone. And now we have six acres. Like it started in my backyard and other private barns, but now we have six acres in Calverton for the last few years. And it's starting to really build a lot. And what we do, it's called equine assisted learning therapy. And we teach our participants about horses and the nature of horse horses. And like I was just saying before, you start to become self-aware, you start to become self-confident, you overcome fears, your self-esteem grows, you just start getting back to who you are because you're working with these large animals and you're, we teach them exercises and they're moving the horse just by looking at it. Um, and or just like, you know, raising up a stick and the horse will move, you start directing this 1100 pound animal to where you want to go. It really builds your self-confidence. Yeah. You know, that's it in the Reader's Digest version. There's a lot, a lot to it. But what happens is the veterans come and again, they start to become self-aware and emotions do start to come out. Like if, if they're having emotions and, but what they learn at the ranch they take home with them. Like what you, when you start working with a horse, it doesn't end right there working with that horse. You bring it into your other relationships. Cause what happens is with this horse, you're learning to communicate to a horse, right? right? So you start to communicate. The horse starts understanding you. We communicate the same way a horse communicates to another horse. It's all through body language. And then, you know, once you start communicating with that horse, the horse understands that you're communicating, you're speaking the same language you effectively communicate and then you develop respect and understanding. And it's, we just have a lot of fun. We really, really do. I mean, people can go to our website. I know I can totally go off for an hour just on this. So I, I know, yes. <laughs> but uh, um, oh, you're definitely passionate about that. That's, that's yeah, awesome. No, I definitely am. And we've helped, like I said, we started out in, in, in the backyard and private barns. And when, before we got the property here in Calverton, we had, uh, helped uh, served about 60 participants. Now we're just about to hit number 200 in That's just great. two years. We almost tripled it. And it's, it's fantastic. And we also rescue horses. Uh, we have rescued four so far and one's been adopted out a little mini butterscotch has been adopted out and Ranger. We're hoping for somebody to take him. Rob, well, not you, Rob, this other Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I I know, flying a horse down might be pretty expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, so it's, it's, we have a great team, a great group of volunteers. I mean, if it wasn't, you know, running a nonprofit is not easy. It's, it's, again, it's been a long haul. And again, you want to go back to what I learned in athletics. 
I think if I didn't have that background, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have continued. You know, you just, you want to keep fighting. You want to win. You want to get past that goal line. And, and I really truly want to help our veterans because freedom is not free. And I don't think people truly understand that, you know, and these men and women go out, they defend our freedom every second of the day. They serve and protect us every second of the day, every day. And I don't think we help them enough. I don't think they get supported enough. I think we owe it to them, you know, uh, to give them uh, where give them an outlet, give them a recreational out- outlet that they and that that not only is it a recreational outlet, it'll help them. You know, like we don't sit there. It's not it's not a clinical setting. Right. It's it's a recreational setting, but they're still getting help. You know, the horse does help. The horse does heal. And we are strictly veterans and first responders. So there's a lot of camaraderie here. You know, they all come together and there's a lot of camaraderie. And um, it's just a great community. Like I said, we've, we're starting to grow. Um, we are only still, like, we're still a young organization. We're about six years old now. We're still young, um, but we're growing. And we are only open part-time right now. We're there. We have people there every day because they obviously have to feed horses. But for our participants, our veterans and first responders, we're still there just on a part-time basis. So we're looking to get full-time. So obviously we need some funding for that. You know, I'll just throw a pitch out for that. But, um, you know, so that is what we're looking at is we are making a difference. You know, some of the testimonials that we hear from people, I can't tell you how many people all get a phone call and just be like, you have no idea how you just saved my life today. It's uh, that, really, that's awesome. it, it's really, you don't know the effect that you're having on here. I am. I'm, I'm just sharing my horses, you know, when I, yeah. you know, that's how it started out. I'm just sharing my horse. And, and when people let you know how much you have just helped them, there are people in, in all seriousness, you know, they're suicidal, yeah. you know, we've got too many veterans, uh, you know, dying by suicide and, I hate to say it this way, but they're saying 22 veterans a day um, die by suicide. But for every successful suicide, there are 25 attempts. So take that number. Yeah, it's so it's, that's, okay. it's it's not it's not it's it's some something has to be done by it because they protect us. These men yeah. and women serve us. So we need to help them in some way. So that's my way. I mean, uh, it's because of them, I'm able to actually do this, you know, because right. of these men and women who defend our freedom, I'm able to do this. I'm able to play with horses. I'm able to share that. And it's, it's my, this is my way of giving back. It's my way of serving and, 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 and helping and a great team of people. Like I said, I have a great team who help and there are volunteers. The community has helped. Uh, one of my, biggest helpers is Juliet Hackett. She's fantastic. Then we have a million volunteers that if I start naming them, I'm going to forget somebody. Uh, but we <laughs> It's like, it's like the Oscars, right? Okay. Yeah, I'm amazing. like, Oh no, I should have had the list here, you know? And, uh, but we've had some corporations that have helped us. PSEG has been great. American Regent, local 138, Bay Industries is uh, footing first. There's so many that have been helping us. Roanoke, sand and gravel. We've had a lot of, and then we have all the local when we, cause we feed the participants, you know, when they're there right. and we've had a lot of local people who help us with that as well too. It's, we, it's just, it's, no, it, it's, it's an amazing cause. And I, you know, this is a, gotten the, the privilege of listening to Eileen talk about it before. And I definitely encourage watching, uh, you know, some of the, the videos that, that she's put out. Cause it's just a, a great thing. And you're right. I think we need to, 
not only appreciate, but also just help. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a major issue. And uh, the last thing you want to see is, you know, that like you alluded to just the, the end result with some of these veterans and uh, we need to help make a difference. And, you know, you definitely are. And I'm sure your model can be, you know, uh, just kind of du duplicated, replicated in other parts of the country uh, you know, to have just additional impacts uh, on, on veterans. Yeah, we're hoping we're hoping to go further. We're on Long Island right now and in New York, we are hoping we've had people from other states come to us, which is great. And yeah. uh, we do hope to uh, uh, go to other places as as well. Um, I will be uh, Danielle Altabrando has uh, is another peer of mine. Uh, we are putting together another documentary. OK, uh, that should be out in May. Hopefully that's that's our goal is May, June the latest. But um I'll keep you posted on that because again, we're making documentaries so people see and understand just exactly what these folks are going through. They right. tell their stories and then they see how the horses can help. Sure. Now, so tell people where, how they can find you. Okay. So come to uh, our website is warrior ranch foundation.org. And we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us and LinkedIn and you can find us all there, but the website warrior ranch foundation.org great and, and, and well yeah the longest email i ever have to write <laughs> yeah like, I, i've got long ones like, too yeah uh, but but it's what we'll put all this in the show notes and we we really appreciate what you're doing and uh people you can find alumni direct uh direct.com is our website uh and you can uh follow us on linkedin facebook and twitter instagram all that and then follow the show uh we're on all the major podcast networks as well as on youtube and we really want to help make an impact in uh in helping athletes transition out of sports and, but, you know, to the same token, I mean, just, you know, some of the great things you're doing with the military as well, because that's, that's a major importance to our society. So uh, thank you so much again. Well, thank uh, you. Thank you them. for having me. And again, if you ever have a group of athletes, we can do a day if you wanted, you know, if you wanted, because it does what it does is it helps people know who they are. Sure. You know I mean? So well, our main focus is the military, but you know, I'd be open to that if you wanted. Sounds and thank great. you so much for having me. Get you on, though. Get you at the horse. You're welcome. There you go. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye.